You're listening to Messes to Successes, a behind-the-scenes look at the strategies, tools, and insights that have taken businesses of all sizes from losing to winning with serial business builder Walden Fenster. For a VIP experience with Walden and the Venture Studios team, visit VentureStudios.com slash podcast. There you'll get access to a huge vault of resources, including free business training, consulting, and an inside look at how to grow a successful business. Hey, welcome back to Messes to Successes. We're here with serial business builder Walden Fenster. Walden, they say cash flow is king, but cash flow is more than just income and outgo. And a lot of entrepreneurs get into the, the, the heat of business and realize that they don't know where the money is necessarily going to. They're bleeding money from somewhere they don't know where. Um, so I want to talk this week about the key numbers that a business owner always has to keep their eye on. Help us think through where the money goes. Man, it's a great question, Jed, because overall, most people just get into business and they're like, all right, I'm doing business. <laughs> you know, like they're not tracking anything. They have no analytics. They have no systems. They're just, they're out there running business. And it's great because most entrepreneurs, like they just hit the ground running and they're like, come check out my new product and service. And they're just out there doing their thing, you know, and before long they're in over their head. Maybe they like uh, just, they don't know their numbers. So maybe now cash flow is getting tight. Now businesses fail, you know, nine out of 10 new businesses will fail in the first year which is sad to say, but it's very true, you know? So like just by, they could have, they could have reversed that whole process just by knowing some numbers and some guidelines of like where things are at, where things are going, forecasting, using metrics, you know? So if I'm, if I'm looking at a business and it could be, it could be a, a lawn mowing company, it could be a boutique, it could be an online business, all the numbers tell you different things, you know? And that's really, really important to really grasp because if you have a whole bunch of like overhead, your numbers are going to look a little bit different than somebody running a business online, you know? So online people, their profit margins are typically a lot higher because they don't have all these operating costs and all these overheads and expenses and all these things, you know? So like different business models are going to change a little bit, but overall there's three big numbers or three big metrics that I really like to focus on no matter what business that I'm looking at. And that first one is just overall, like the, the accounts receivable, like w- those numbers, you know, most people are all about cash flow and cash flow is great. Like cash on hand and where it's going and all these things, great number to focus on. Not one of my top three though. Like, so I look at my sales revenue or my uh, accounts receivable, sorry. And uh, I really dive into that because it shows me a few things. Accounts receivable shows me how many contracts are going out, how much business is out there that you're waiting to collect on. It's showing me your turnover cycles and how fast you're collecting on things. It's also showing me overall, like, like what's coming down the line sales and negotiation wise to show me how good of a negotiator and salesperson you are. So that one number alone is going to start to show me multiple things in the business. So like, I really, really, really check out that uh, accounts receivable number. Secondarily, I look at how much it costs you to acquire a customer. Because that's really ultimately going to show me how fast you can build or grow a business based on that cash flow or that cash on hand number. If I'm starting to look at like your cost of customer acquisition, like really, 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 really high, it, it shows me different things in the business model. So like ultimately, the person that can spend the most to get a client is going to be successful. Meaning if I can go spend $1,000, 
on getting a client, but my competitor can only go spend $10 to get a client. I'm going to get more clients and they're going to be better clients than my competitor. You know, so overall I'm looking at that cost per acquisition, but like overall it's showing me multiple things with that same number. Like I said earlier, it's showing me how much I can spend versus a competitor. It's showing me overall, if that number is really high, why, or if it's really low, what am I doing really good? And lastly, overall, it's just showing me what's my runway to get accounts receivable numbers higher. <laughs> so like if I know we're sitting here with a hundred grand, but it's costing us a thousand dollars a client, what's that starting to show me on how many clients and how many potential clients I could go after? I can go get a hundred clients. Great. What's that mean for our accounts receivable? <laughs> you know, so like a couple of these numbers start to stair stack on each other. But lastly, I really, really dive into retention and retention is key because it's something the big the big boys of the industries that we all are competing with know how to handle. They know how to nurture these people. They know how to go after them and reactivate them. Uh, so like I'm looking at overall retention of clients. I don't want to see a whole bunch of turnover. And I want to see you having the ability to cross-sell and upsell clients in that retention. So like if I'm going after and I have this huge turnover in clients, maybe maybe every single year we're losing all of our clients and we're having to rebuild like that's a huge pain in the butt, <laughs> you know, like, whereas if you have a whole bunch of clients and you're keeping them active and you're keeping them reactive and you, you have new products and services for them and you're getting them new things to go do now that that retention rate is going to be a lot higher. And now it's going to change that cost per acquisition because now we're not having to go after a hundred new clients. Maybe we're only having to go after 30. So now we can afford to pay more to get those clients. So hopefully that all makes sense. But overall, Yes, cash flow is always going to be king in a business. If you don't have cash flow, you're dying. But these three metrics will actually show you a lot more of the whole business from a big 30,000 mile foot overview of the business rather than just focusing on the one number. I've heard it said, um, and now I don't remember where, it would that it cost on average seven times more to bring in a new client than it does to hang on to an existing one. Yeah, that's that's probably pretty accurate. I'm not sure where you heard it or who told you, but overall, like the the new clients that you have to go after, like that's that's where you're spending the most of the money because you have to be in front of them a lot in your market marketing, your message across all media formats. You have to be building up that trust and respect and rapport from day one. So you're going after, and you you have probably seven or eight things that you're having to do more than just holding on to an old client. So older clients, existing clients, your job is to keep them happy, nurture them, give them more opportunity to grow, help them grow more, but they're already a client. So you're not mass marketing them. You're not emailing them like all 24 million times a day. You're not all over their social media. You're not in their Google. You're not like doing all the things that you would have to acquire that customer from the beginning. You know, and that's something the big boys have figured out is they know it's a lot cheaper to go after existing clients than go after new clients. So even clients that are older, that have fallen off, that maybe you're not doing work for anymore, those become your number one priority in getting some cash flow quick usually. That becomes your first part of the nurturing sequence is going back in time. Even prior to getting on this podcast today to record, I was going back through my old client records of 500, 1,000, 1,500 different like businesses that we've done work for. And I'm picking out certain businesses that I know are ideal for our current model. And I'm writing thank you cards and I'm writing these handwritten letters and I'm going back through and reactivating old clients because I know they already know who I am. They already know what we're doing. They already know our services. 
they already are just sitting there. Maybe they have a brand new idea and they're ready to activate it or a new revenue channel, or maybe they're at a new business or whatever it is, but like they already know me. They already trust me. They already respect me and my business. They're, they're much easier to close. They're much more likely to close. So why wouldn't I spend more of my money and time reactivating those clients rather than going and dropping 10 grand on Google ads, you know? Mm -hmm. That makes a lot, a lot of sense. And it, and it brings up another question. I really want to dial into this cost of acquisition um, because now I come from a marketing background in terms of copywriting and design and things like that. So what we're always looking for is that that key phrase, that key messaging that attracts people. What are the things that you've seen that create efficiencies in attracting new clients what are the marketing tools what are the what are the strategies that make that process cost less and i love my lawyer answer of it always depends <laughs> because it really wow. does depend especially in this model because if let, let's say you're an attorney or somebody in the financial sector or like somebody in the health sector a doctor your cost per acquisition is going to be a crap ton higher than somebody selling landscaping, you know, and I, I love landscaping as a model because there's a lot of people out there that's super competitive, but like overall the cost to get a client is very cheap because the services are cheaper, you know, but if you're going after financial services, retirement, lawyers, uh, people on that scale, you know, you might be paying 50, 60, a hundred dollars just for one click on Google, let alone a cost per acquisition, you know, to actually get that client, you know? So like, there's a lot of different factors that like fall into that whole bullet point list of here's everything we're doing to get that client. But overall, that's what it becomes is if I'm in, if I'm in lawn care or maybe pest, pest control or something like that, I'm going door to door with a little flyer and a little pamphlet. Like it's just my time and some money for my little like door hangers and pamphlets. But sure. overall my cost to get a client going to be pretty cheap, you know, whereas going after and, a let's say let's say a web designer or somebody in that realm of like an online service you know like maybe your cost for like getting a client is going to be a little bit higher because now you're running ads you have your your social media marketing all that stuff running you have content marketing you have all these these line item things that either you're doing or somebody's doing for you but that cost data clients getting higher and higher and higher and higher because it's much competitive much more competitors on that realm of like digital ad space. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it, and it leads in actually to my next question, which is how can a business owner kind of determine in these three categories where we talk about accounts receivable, cost of acquisition, and the cost of retention, what are, what, how can you calculate, and I don't want to make you do math in public, <laughs> but what can a business owner do to determine kind of their baseline must hit, these are our targets, numbers. So overall retention, you want that number to be 100% if possible, but that's impossible, <laughs> you know? So overall, like I, I like seeing numbers up around that 70%, like either repeat business or existing client levels. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to have about 30% churn depending on the industry. So like online, if if you run like an online membership, your churn, your churn or your turnover it's going to be a lot higher usually if like there's a couple of indicators that'll tell you how good your content is and that's how fast people fall off. But overall, then we're start talking about lifetime value of a client, not the cost for acquisition or retention. Uh, but overall, like it's going to depend a lot on your industries and your sectors. 
but overall that that 70 to 75 percent mark like right around customer retention and satisfaction is where you want to see most businesses at um and it if you start to fall below that number that's when you invest more into retaining clients shocking i know right uh, <laughs> shocking and if you start to really like get into a cash flow crunch like we hit on earlier like that's when you might start going after previous clients you know but at the end of the day you you are always going to be spending money and you're always going to be going after new clients like new clients is really like the opportunity to growth and having that ability to scale you know so if i go after one person and i know that this is my ideal client like i'm going to create a case study around that and i'm going to go market to all the people that are new that are just like that person you know but at the same time i need to be spending like i said like 75% of my like time or energy roughly probably keeping and supplying and maintaining my existing client base and reactivating clients because it's for one a heck of a lot cheaper but two like these people are all brand advocates and potential salespeople, which is the key missing component to everything we've talked about tonight. The the retention model is where you want to focus because those clients that you're making happy and servicing every day, like those become your best salespeople. That's why you want that number as high as possible of the amount of existing clients with the lowest amount of turnover. Because all those people know 2,000 and 3,000 and 4,000 and 10,000 people that you don't know, you know? So like great example, we, we stepped in and helped consult and actually like point this guy in the right direction to grow his business to $30 million business over the course of the next eight years. Okay. Out of the, like we did it completely for free. Like it was 100% just us sewing into this guy, showing him how to do it. You know, like no, nothing to guarantee. Like we didn't know who this person was. We just knew that he was in a bind and he needed help, you know? And overall, like that's what, like we love to do, we love to be able to step in and help people. Like, but come to find out, his uncle's the CEO of like some like five hundred million dollar company. That now we've just stepped in and helped that person for free. So who do you think he's going to refer in that can give that guy great results? It's us because we didn't try to sell him on anything. We didn't try to do anything stupid. But we knew that there was ten thousand people that that guy knew that we didn't. Plus, he's from a different country, so that's a whole other level of metric. That like because people internationally know way more people than we do in the United States, and it's just crazy because your client base is connected to who who knows how many people and how many businesses and how many clients, and like it's just it's shocking to me that people don't focus more on retaining clients rather than putting all their money into getting new clients. You're listening to the Messes to Successes podcast with serial business builder Walden Fenster. And Walden, it's funny because you actually just turned my next question on its head. And it had to do with, we were talking about the cost of acquisition and perhaps the best, one of the best forms of, of new customer acquisition is word of mouth, which also happens to be the cheapest. But what you've done is you've approached it from a customer retention because customer retention leads to better word of mouth. So talk to us about that process a little more. It all comes back to serving your clients because ultimately, if they're, if they're happy and they're really like, like on cloud nine about you and your services, like you can, well, you can incentivize those people for one to take the social media, to take the email, to take the Google, Yelp, whatever it is. And write your reviews, which those reviews then can be used in your marketing. You know, it's free, free content for you to go and repurpose and show that you are creating results. 
But overall, if those people are really happy, when people are coming to you or coming to them asking who did this, who did that, where'd you get that done? Like, where'd you get that pair of shoes? Like, if you had a really good, like, really good experience with that person, you're going to tell them, you're going to show them like, oh yeah, look at, check out these shoes, check out this website, like go here, go here, go do that. And like, you've already sold this person on you before you've had to sell that person, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like that, that client's already edified you in, they've already shown the person the results. They've already said, Hey, check out this like awesome video that this guy just did for me, you know? And now this video is getting views and it's going out and out and out. And now it's getting further and further, further out and out and out into people that you've never even communicated with. But now you have a salesperson being a client advocating for you. So now when the introduction happens between you, that existing client and John Smith down the street, that guy already knows you and trusts you before you even sit down at the table. And I have a really funny story about this. And it includes me sitting down at a table. So like literally, <laughs> like, so I, I get, I get a coffee introduction to a, like a local, like wealth advisor insurance guy. And we all sit down at the table and he just knows that I'm, the, or he doesn't even know. He just knows my name. That's all he knows. You know, my wife's with me. My wife's name is Danielle. He knows Danielle and I by the name. Okay. But he sits down and he goes, Oh, so you guys work over at that company. And then we are like, uh, yeah, kind of, <laughs> you know, just kind of laughs. He's like, man, I heard that CEO is so awesome. He gives away money to the poor. He's like helping build schools in India. He's making, he's feeding kids all around America. He's doing this and this and this. And I heard that like the culture there is just freaking awesome. And my wife and I are just sitting back, like just like smiling from ear to ear because it's showing you the powerfulness of like edification. But like the moment that we shifted gears and my wife goes, actually like not to pause you, but like, my husband is the CEO of that company and he just like fell and fell backwards out of his chair. Like couldn't believe he's actually like talking with me. And then like, it's like that he instantly, he instantly knows all the stories. It's edification. He like, he's got all the trust, respect, everything with me. So like when we get ready to move forward in business, it's already a done deal. Like I didn't even have to sell the guy. He's already been sold by my clients. Who's like ran and raved about me, you know? So like, it's just, it makes your life a lot easier when your clients are all salespeople. So your client took a cold lead that barely knew your name and made them a hot lead ready to do business today. Yep. That's, that is a fantastic marketing strategy and cost savings to you, but it, it creates such gigantic leverage for, <laughs> for you and what you're doing. Yeah, like it is like it it blew me away. That one example completely like blew me away. Like most of the time, and this is where we all know this story too, where if people have a bad experience, then they tell 10 times the amount of people. You know? And like we've all been there where we get a negative review and now it's all over everywhere. And you're like, man, we did really good work and like you barely shared it. But now that like one thing goes wrong and you like condemn us to like hell basically and blast us out on 17 million platforms. So like it, it's a very, very powerful concept of deliverability and customer satisfaction and client satisfaction, because if they're not satisfied, you need to make sure they're satisfied because it, it's 10 times worse if it's negative, you know? So like I'd rather have sales advocates that are really super happy and like, maybe a smaller amount of them. So maybe only 10 clients, but I know all 10 clients are really, really happy 
than having a hundred clients and have three of them go leave bad reviews somewhere because bad reviews will kill you faster than anything in a digital world. Right. So leveraging the power of high customer retention to, to act, you know, to, to launch your um, cost of, or to lower your cost of acquisition. Yeah, exactly. And overall, like marketing goes down, sales go up. So like that's just a win-win for everybody. It's <laughs> awesome. Again, you're listening to the Messes to Successes podcast with serial business builder, entrepreneur, Walden Fenster. Walden, let's talk about the services that you offer to maybe some, some first-time business owners. These numbers are new to them. They, they're confusing. It, they're, they're just trying to get some work done, but they've got to track these numbers. What services do you offer to help them kind of walk through this? We, uh, we First off, we'll step in with like one of our free fit calls. It's not a, There's no decision to be made. It's literally just you and I talking or you and somebody on our team talking. And over the course of 45, 60 minutes, we'll be able to like help you decide what the next step is. Because some people, like I said earlier, we can just step in and like literally help you on the spot and say, hey, just go do this, this, and this. Go pull these reports. Go do that. And that's going to be enough to get you started and no, no harm, you know, like no harm, no foul. We're happy to help. Whatever we can do to help, we will. In other cases, people are, require a little bit more in-depth services, more in-depth help. And like we do have a team of people that can step in and run different audits on your company, track these metrics, get this analytics side of your business set up so that you know how to make the right decision. Because ultimately, a lot of people fail because they make decisions emotionally instead of based on the binaries, the ones and zeros, the number side of things. And it's the one thing that every, almost every billionaire and multi-multi-millionaire has always told me is don't make emotional decisions. Make it based on the numbers. You know, But if you're not tracking the numbers, your default is to track and use only your emotion. You know, You're basing it on previous experiences saying, well, I did this and now I feel like this. You know, It's all based on feelings and emotions and emotions lie quite a bit, you know, it, like it does not appear the way it is unless the numbers say it does, you know? So like just get in touch with us. That fit call will determine if it's a good fit for us to move forward and talking more about a project or consulting or potentially even just a mastermind that we're putting together. Or if, like I said, we can just help you out on the spot. We're going to help you out on the spot. That's right. What they say, uh, what you don't measure, you can't manage. Yeah. So you yep. got to know your numbers. You got to know how they work together and uh, be happy to help you um, to determine what those numbers are to uh, to diagnose and to tune up operations to get those numbers to their optimal levels. So right. be, be sure to visit uh, VentureStudio.com uh, to learn more about that that work that, that Walden and, and the team do. Uh, find us on Facebook, find us on LinkedIn, become a part of the conversation there. And uh, we'll look forward to to visiting with you more. So be sure to join us on next week's podcast. Wednesday morning, it'll go out. Uh, but in the meantime, have a great week. God bless you. And we'll look forward to talking to you again. You've been listening to Messes to Successes, a podcast by Venture Studios. To get access to resources, including free business training, consulting, and an inside look at growing a business, visit VentureStudio.com. This weekly podcast is produced and hosted by Walden Fenster, directed and edited by Chad Ketcher. Copyright 2019. Be sure to follow us on Facebook or LinkedIn and get new episodes every Wednesday wherever you find podcasts.